0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today.
1: The ayes are 232, the nays are 197, the resolution is adopted without objection. The motion
0: to reconsider is laid upon the table. And with that... It's impeachment for incitement and insurrection. But Mitch McConnell, who said he favored impeachment, said there's not going to be any special session. They don't return until the 19th. This won't be dealt with until after inauguration. We're going to have a trial about impeachment post-inauguration? So this was... Well, just a conversation of how much they hate Donald Trump. Or was it a conversation of a, what they see as a serious issue? But if it's a serious issue, will they cover all the parts of the issue? Well, I think they've already answered the question. And I think they answered the question when they went about going for impeachment in January, because whether we need it or not, January is the month for impeachments. It's Groundhog Day, baby. Groundhog month. January, every January, we will impeach another president, maybe a Supreme Court justice. Oh, you think you won't see the impeachment of Brett Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett, who shouldn't be on the court? Brett Kavanaugh, who was a sexual predator or something they never could prove, though they yelled and screamed and tried to scare people about it. A good tactic is one that your people enjoy. That's Saul Alinsky. They enjoy impeachment. If they didn't, they wouldn't do it, but they keep doing it, so they must enjoy it. Explaining to my children last night that impeachment is, a not, is not supposed to be a tool of political retribution. And that's exactly how it has been used. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. We're not supposed to do this. And if we are going to have a conversation now about how words have meaning and inciting, well, then we have to have all the words. I favor all of the words. I favor calling out Speaker Pelosi and saying we shouldn't have this. Should that
1: be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night, throwing it into the harbor? People
0: will do what they do. Should people be tearing down statues? Should uh, uh, the Columbus statue in Baltimore have been taken down? The question asked, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night, throwing it into a harbor? And Nancy Pelosi said, people will do what they do. Shouldn't we be opposed to these things? Of course we should. Shouldn't we be opposed to the incoming Vice President Kamala Harris actively supporting bail for people who burn down cities? Shouldn't we call out media? For standing in front of cities on fire and saying and, and having Chirons from CNN and MSNBC fiery but mostly peaceful protests after police shooting. There is a photo of Washington, D.C. during the riots of that city in multiple blocks on fire. And there was no discussion of insurrection or incitement when people like Representative Ayanna Presley were ex- doing exactly that. You want the flashback? Okay, Corey Spartacus Booker. Right, and that's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. <sighs> Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. You want me to get in the face of some Congress people? I'll get arrested for getting in the face of some Congress people. But if that's what you want, Senator, if we are going to discuss this, let us, because this is actually the worthy subject, and maybe inadvertently back-ending into it, falling over. What it was? It falling backwards into it. We will get to a subject that actually matters and should concern all Americans, how we talk to each other, how we engage in the importance of free speech. But it can't be done if we don't notice things that Donald Trump has said, including me. And it can't be done if uh, today's left, the media and academia won't notice the incitement to violence that has taken place on the right. I mean, I mean, on, on the left. The right must notice the right, the left must notice the left, and we must notice each other. These things are imperative. And it is imperative that we engage this in the recognition that nothing matters more than free speech. And the people proactively looking to silence speech are the most dangerous people in the world. What they support, what they favor, leads us down the darkest of roads. It doesn't lead us. It puts us there. When Representative Ocasio-Cortez is talking about a, is a commission on media literacy, what, what, what is that? A commission on media literacy to combat misinformation means you have to uh, make sure the government approves of what you say before you say it everything we should not do find me the person who believes that government should approve your speech and i will find for you the future slave because that's all there is there's nothing else But it's clear that Representative Ocasio-Cortez has never once thought of freedom. She's never asked herself what it means. She's never asked herself, what is the price we pay? The Price we pay is people like her get to see, get to say radically awful things like commission on media literacy. There's the issue she should be allowed to put nonsense thoughts into the air and she should be laughed out of the room or if we want to be nicer about the thing we should take time to explain to her how orwellian and evil her thoughts are because if government has control of speech you will not always be in control of government now what free speech is best because it allows people to be free. And the price that you pay is some people say some ugly things. This is where culture comes into play and learning how to deal with conversation and deal with hardship. Deal with people who disagree with you by engaging with them as opposed to attacking them. Sometimes we learn this the hard way. Maybe I have too. But I have for years like many of you have for years favored this call that more speech is better and now we see the calls for less speech the more people can talk the more they learn they have to explain themselves and their positions and sometimes their positions will not be enjoyed sometimes their positions will be disagreed with bad ideas can make their way into the sphere the public sphere and then they can be moved They can be told, hey, we're not down with this idea. Hey, this is why it fails and people can learn. This is why it's a bad idea. And maybe from that can sponsor, can foster the better idea. But if we listen to people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez, you get this story, like in The Hill. This is a real story. I can't make it up. Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin? You mean the kid from Home Alone? Macaulay Culkin throws support behind calls to have Trump Cameo edited out of Home Alone 2. Come on. Now we've hit stupid, right? I have the fine uh uh academic conversation about free speech, and I'm right, but sometimes you just gotta lay it bare like we're sitting at the bar stool. Dang, that's dumb. And someone's gonna be like, yes, this is uh this, this is the problem, we have to get rid of them. You're talking about scrubbing someone and erasing someone. Don't you think that's weird? Don't you think that's a very Stalinist, Stasi kind of approach, two different things, I'm aware. Don't you think that that's just odd? Don't you think that's what they do in the dystopian worlds where there is no past? There, there is no history, there's just an ever-present present with the party always right, always correct. But no, people push this. They push this. No, I don't favor impeachment, but yes, I think it's fine to bring up President Trump's words. Whether it be that day or throughout this conversation, lasting now 40 days regarding impeachment. I'm sorry, regarding the election. And I think it's okay to bring up all of the words of people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and others who proudly stood by rioters. And then we should say to ourselves, yeah, we don't want this. We want to be able to engage and disagree like rational folk. But the rational people, the ones who tell you they're rational, they want to take guys out of movies because trigger or something. Gosh, we got a lot of work to do. I'm Tony Katz. So let's take it back to what took place yesterday. Because amongst the noise of impeachment, were the things you heard from bigots like Representative Rashida Tlaib.
1: In Michigan's 13th, we proudly speak truth to power, even in the face of a racist-in-chief. Those who incited an attack on the people's house do not get to talk about healing and unity.
0: She just called him the racist-in-chief on the floor of the house? Now, I called her a bigot, so what's the difference? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, still there. And Rumble, Tony Katz, be sure to uh, search for it and uh, subscribe to the podcast that we have up on Rumble. Well, the anti-Semitism, so I put that into uh, the the bigotry column. But maybe what we need to do is tone things down. She called the president racist in chief. 18% of black men, 8% of black women, 38% of Hispanics. Men, I believe it is. It was 28%. You think they voted for a racist? Then again, she's one of the people who thinks that my parents are racists. My parents just celebrated the anniversary of their 52nd date. The, fir- the, 20- the 52nd anniversary of their first date. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. They celebrate the day they met. They celebrate their first date, which was Super Bowl three. I don't remember the date of my first date. Yeah, you see. Oh, oh I, I know the date uh, of my first date. I absolutely know the date of my first date. Valentine's Day, it's just weird how it worked out. Wasn't the plan, What well, didn't mean it to be that hokey, but we made, we made plans and, and it just happened to be Valentine's Day. we didn't even notice. And the rest is history, kids. But Rashida Talib was able to get away with this. This is part of the problem. This is part of the issue and one of the people who spelled this out very, very well was Congressman Tom McClintock of California. You, you heard the people like Talib, but you didn't hear people like him who, you know, when I lived in California, nice enough dude, but I didn't think much of him. He has done uh, things to, for me, I, I impress, And I want you to hear some of what he said on the floor of the house yesterday.
1: I didn't like the President's speech on January 6th either. I thought he was wrong to assert that the Vice President in Congress can pick and choose which electoral votes to count. He was wrong to set such a confrontational tone in a politically tense situation. But what did he actually say? His exact words were, quote, i know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard unquote that's impeachable that's called freedom of speech now he also threatened to oppose candidates in future elections and by the way that was directed at republicans like me who would resolved to uphold the constitutional process and protect the electoral college well so what that's called politics if we impeached every politician who gave a fiery speech to a crowd of partisans this capital would be deserted that's what the president did that is all he did he specifically told the crowd to protest peacefully and patriotically and the vast majority of them did but every movement has a lunatic fringe suppressing free speech is not the answer holding rioters accountable for their actions is the answer and we are
0: did he say anything that anyone could disagree with there if we impeached every politician and gave a fiery speech to a crowd of partisans this capital would be deserted that's a great line that is a great great line and he wasn't done
1: Holding rioters accountable for their actions is the answer, and we are. And if we'd prosecuted BLM and Antifa rioters across the country with the same determination these last six months, this incident may not have happened at all. Now, short of declaring war, the power of impeachment is the most solemn and consequential act that Congress can take. To use it in this manner, in the heat of the moment, with no hearings, no due process, many members phoning in their votes after a hastily called debate exactly one week before a new president is to take office trivializes this power to the point of caricature. The Democrats have won everything in sight, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. In a republic that calls for magnanimity by the victors. Only in a banana republic does it call for vengeance. Benjamin Franklin warned us that passion governs and she never governs wisely. In our passions this week, we've set some dangerous new precedents that will haunt us for years to come. Yesterday, we redefined intemperate speech as a physical incapacity requiring removal from office. Today, we define it as a high crime and misdemeanor. Well, the moment any member of this body gives an impassioned speech and the lunatic fringe of their movement takes license from it, be prepared to answer to this new precedent that we established today. Now, I could cite plenty of provocative speeches made by Democrats that directly preceded violence this summer, but we've already had enough of that. You know, after 600,000 Americans had perished in the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln appealed to the better angels of our nature. He said, with malice toward none, with charity for all, let us bind up the nation's wounds. Those words were so important to the unity of our nation, they're inscribed in marble at the Lincoln Memorial. I cannot think of a more petty, VINDICTIVE AND GRATUITOUS ACT THAN TO IMPEACH AN ALREADY DEFEATED PRESIDENT A WEEK BEFORE HE IS TO LEAVE OFFICE. PRESIDENT-ELECT BIDEN'S PROMISE TO HEAL THE NATION BECOMES A HOLLOW MOCKERY IN THE HARSH REALITY OF THIS uh, UNCONSTITUTIONAL ACT. GOD HELP OUR COUNTRY.
0: THAT'S REPRESENTATIVE TOM MCCLINTOCK AND MAN, HE IS RIGHT. His explanation is right. I'm Tony Katz. Now for the propaganda moment of the hour. From the an actual Chinese government account on Twitter, the Jingyang-related measures announced by the UK and Canada are based on nothing but lies and disinformation. Well why don't we why don't we take a look? Why don't why don't we search that uh, together uh, and we'll do Xinyang. That's X-I-N-J-I-A-N-G UK Canada. Let's see what we find out. These measures uh, ensure domestic firms aren't complicit in human rights abuses in Jin Yang. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. This is a clampdown on imports made by forced labor in China, which of course we all know if we're, I don't know, honest. Which, by the way, it's really difficult today. (laughs) I'm with you, it's nuts! The difficulty people have with honesty is beyond belief. And one of the things 2021 has got to bring, we have to be better at it, and we have to do a better job of calling out the people who aren't, which is going to keep us super busy. But the statement, Ottawa saying they're deeply concerned, uh, according to the reports of repression, Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities uh, are experiencing because of Chinese authorities. Right, this is Reuters with the story. So what Canada is going to prohibit, it, it's goods produced wholly or in part by forced labor requiring companies operating in Xinjiang to acknowledge the human rights situation in the region. Now, you can't get a company in China to acknowledge the human rights situation in the region because that would say, hey, you have to put out a statement telling you what we want you to say, which I also disagree with. What should happen is the recognition that this is who China is and maybe we should question whether or not we want China on top. Right? Maybe China has not earned the opportunity to be a world leader. Maybe we got to bring them down a scotch. Britain announced basically the same measures. We have guys together we have been talking about the plight of Uyghur Muslims for two years now. While others who want to call us Islamophobes have said Ungat Zero Nothing. We've been talking about the plight of the Hong Kongers. I did not know until recently that the UK offered up citizenship to Hong Kongers. I I think it was wrong that we in the United States did not. We should have sent votes. Planes uh, and an opportunity for these people to live free. Hong Kong will be no more soon enough. So that's the story with the UK and Canada. Let's go back to the tweet. The Xinjiang related measures announced by the UK and Canada are based on nothing but lies and disinformation. Their erroneous decisions must be withdrawn. And then they write. There are no camps, no one million Uyghurs detained, and no forced labor in Xinjiang. Um, Let me quote an ancient proverb from my my people, which roughly uh, translated comes out to, bitch please. No camps, no one million Uyghurs detained, no forced labor in Xinjiang? What, did Donald Trump write that for you? See what I did there? Come on, that's a good joke! You see, it's not real. Do you you see? Too soon? I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying by the way no i do not think there was voter fraud to the extent that people make the claim to because they have not proven it i only hope that they do certainly not enough to get elections to change but there were enough issues in pennsylvania because of the courts that i would not have allowed those electors to be seated there you go happy to put that out there some conversations i think were better than others china lies not because chinese people lie But because communism lies, all communists are liars, if only to themselves, because they believe in communism. Communism is built on a lie. It is built on continuing lies and building and piling the lies on. Truth destroys communism. These are the facts as presented. They cannot be denied. So let us not deny them. Facts destroy communism. This is why you cannot allow open and honest conversation to take place in, in a communist nation. You cannot allow people to read what they want to read, to read their own books to speak their minds. This is why when we see people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and others trying to limit speech, we say, uh, we've seen the result of this and it's not good. There is no society that has ever been made better with less rights. Now that's not a conversation for we should have no rules. I'm not an anarchist, right? This is bowling, not Vietnam, there are rules. I believe that rules are important. Rules set you free. What do I mean? It's a harsh, uh, sometimes a harsh terminology there. When you know how the game is played, you're able to work in in the game. When you don't know how the game is played, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to act, so therefore you're limited. So let's think of it in a different way, standards. Cultural standards, what they do is they allow people to interact properly in an acceptable way and they take time, years and years, for certain standards to change. Because people have to see, they have to try them out, test them out. How do they feel? What are the levels of acceptance? When you force a standard on people, that's when people get confused. And then when you start manipulating the standard to fit your individualized, personalized constructs, everything falls apart. For example, pronouns. So standards and rules, what they do is they allow you... The, the when you when they are, are are set and when they are fixed and they don't change for for irrational reasons they do change over time and I have no problem with them changing but they change as people say yeah we should change that gradually smartly and with the least amount of conflict it doesn't mean you might not have conflict from time to time but you want to do these things and 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 win culturally I'll, I'll give you an example of same sex marriage. Same sex marriage should be legal in the United States because culturally it won over and was winning in the states. Same sex marriage should not be allowed regarding the Obergefell decision in the Supreme Court because that was the court creating law out of whole cloth and that's not something the court is allowed to do. The legislature creates law. The court does not. And I believe in the Obergefell decision that's exactly what they did. But it was winning in the states. Let it win in the states. That makes perfect sense perfect sense. That's what happens when you have standards, and that's what happens when you have rules. I believe in both those things. But the rules state that people can speak freely even if it's ugly. Not the rule in China. The rule in China amongst the ruling class is lie, lie, and lie some more, and when they don't believe you, call them bigots. Wow, you can apply that to the ruling class of a couple places. China is lying to all of us. Yes, there are camps. Yes, there are Uyghur Muslims that are detained. And yes, there is forced labor. We know this for a fact. Maybe we should start doing something about it. Like, I don't know. Not trading with them. Or maybe that's not something we could do right away. How about building our own drug supply right here in the United States? You know, all those medications that Grandma takes, maybe we can make some of them here. Oh, we developed them here. We're talking about making them here. That'd be a good step, too. I'm Tony Katz. Chris Evans is coming back to the role of Captain America, and producer Ari wet himself a little bit. I'm not quite there yet. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony, eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. 468 8669 Deadline is reporting that this is to reprise the role in future movies, but that doesn't mean it's him as the new Captain America, right? It's, it's different. Like, he may be playing that part, but it could be flashback things. It could be a whole series of things, not necessarily a whole project based on him. Am I missing it?
1: No, he's, it's going to be like... If you ever saw the new Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland, like Robert Downey Jr. was in that movie, but it was a very minor supporting role. So something
2: like that.
0: Right. That's what I think is going on too. It's just that the way they did it in, in, in Endgame. Perfect ending. That's why I'm not thrilled. Is that they they took his character right out. They said, We're, we we have finished the arc on Captain America in one of the most beautiful ways, by the way, where he got his whole life back. He got two lives. And to have those kinds of drop-ins, I think, may be uh, uh, problematic. You know, I don't know how they could even begin to to fit. And by the way, do we know if it would be uh, young Captain America or senior citizen Captain America? Is it Captain America dinner at 8 p.m. or Captain America dinner at 4.30 p.m.? Which is how I now talk about the two Captain Americas. I also can't figure out how Falcon is not Cap- now Captain America. None of it makes sense to me. He has to earn it. You'll see, the Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out in March. I, I dropped Disney+. Well, you're going to regret that because I, WandaVision comes out tomorrow. I, 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 you know what? I don't regret not seeing The Mandalorian. I, I, okay, fine, but Marvel is... You know Marvel's going to kill it with these... I I hope so. By the way, you can't say kill it anymore. I I I only hope. I mean that, that, that they funny. do. I listen. I hope it's successful. Give me a reason to, to to bring it back. But I said I had my year trial, and I don't need it anymore. And thank you very much. But if somebody else wants to offer me a year trial, sure. Why would sure. anyone offer to pay
2: your year trial?
0: No, I'm not talking about people in general. If there's another deal out there, oh got that it. could be that could be grabbed. I I, I would do it. President Trump took uh, to a conversation via video recording a conversation, uh, a, a talk from the Oval Office discussing violence and what took place at the Capitol.
2: My fellow Americans, I want to speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. As I have said, the incursion of the U.S. Capitol struck at the very heart of our republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America Great Again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in, and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement, or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement, you are attacking it, and you are attacking our country.
0: Now, that played and and, and people said, oh, I guess he really wants back on Twitter. Um, Maybe he means it. Maybe he's bothered. Maybe he sees how this is going to affect his legacy. I I will not deny that he sees within this something personal as opposed to something altruistic. One of the great mysteries to me, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was to you too, is that people did not understand the guy from the word go. And I think we did we understood that we, were, we got somebody who was wholly imperfect, we were getting out of it what we wanted. Going back to 2016 and the election, I wrote in an open letter to my kids, first time I ever acknowledged my children in print, that I had odds. I could get nothing with Hillary Clinton that I wanted or I had a 50-50 shot with Donald Trump, a jump ball of getting what I wanted. I hope I'm right now worked out well for tony what people never took from that article or maybe they did and they didn't bring it to front of the front of the mind they kept it in the in in the back that was an unbelievably selfish thing for me to say i voted based on what i could get out of it because i'm very honest about the fact that that's why i vote for people what's in it for me now I do admit, I think, what's in it for the nation, and that if it's good for the nation, it's going to be good for me, right? Voting for people who support free speech, that's good for me. Voting for people who want to be able to keep China at bay, uh, that's good for me. Voting for people who understand that you've got to have strong borders, that's good for me. Voting for people who want to reduce regulations, that's good for me. Voting for people who engaged who, who, who nominate and appoint uh, judges and justices who actually adjudicate and don't just, uh, you know, engage in, in uh, social justice from the bench, that's good for me. I don't know about you, but I do that all the time. I do that on everything. What's in it for me? I knew what was in it for Donald Trump. But I had to ask myself the question, I gotta look at, look at those children, look at my wife, and say, okay, what do we want? A free society that doesn't tell me I'm a racist 24-7 and thinks I deserve my money. <laughs> so, I went with the odds and it worked out well. This is going to be the part that people are going to lose their heads about. Don't you understand that coronavirus aside, it was a good four years? That even coronavirus, it could have been so much, so much worse. That we live in this remarkably resilient nation and and, and prosperous nation. And all we have to do is just keep doing that. We have to be good to people. We have to fix things that are wrong. But remember that the nation is good and we can make it better. So did Trump make a video that was to help him? Sure. I voted for him because it helped me. I don't even feel bad about it. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. We are still there. Be sure to like the page. This is Tony Katz Today.